Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Kia ora, Catherine. How's it going? Konnichiwa, Jane. Great. Great, great, great. It's so beautiful here in Japan at the moment, isn't it? It's stunning. I'm just, I don't know what it is, but I'm really enjoying the autumn leaves this Mm. year more than any time. I don't know what it is, but it feels fresh and new and I don't know, maybe it's the opening of the borders or more people around and about just feels different. There's more vigor and um, I'm just loving this season. Mm, there's a lot going on, a lot of events happening. People are arriving in Japan. Things are perking up. It's For great sure. to see. Yes, my mum is here. My mum made it Yay. to Japan. We had a great time hanging out in Tokyo. Spent 12 hours in Disneyland, Disneyland Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you survived Disneyland. I did. Yay. And I wore Minnie Mouse ears all day long and there escaped reality for a bit. Um, It was very yasashi, as we will talk a little bit more about today in our episode, that softness that Japanese people are looking for that escape from the hard edges of their daily life, which life in Japan can be a little bit like. So, yes, I definitely noticed that because everyone had their Mickey Mouse ears on. Everyone. (laughs) All right, I'm going to buy some there. next time I go there. Can't I want Mickey Mouse ears. It. Yes, I tell you, like I was, I'm like, I'm not interested in wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Not because I don't think they're cool. I just, I just don't want to. But was... after about an hour, I was like, no, we have to go and buy something. Come on, and we all went and got the most ridiculous ones we could find. Brilliant. And I thoroughly enjoyed wearing that all day. So well, it was very funny. You sent me a photograph, and I went, Jane in Mickey Mouse no Minnie Mouse ears Minnie yay Mouse. Jane yes. you get a hat Minnie Mouse hat very yes, on good my head. yes all day long and it had, it had another um benefit did it not later in the day when it started yes. to get a bit cooler <laughs> yes it was a bit chilly in the evening so that's that's why I went with that one but yes looking wow. for that softness yasashi mm. that mm. Is, is so important to Japanese people from the hardness right. of their daily lives yeah. yes and it makes a lot of sense when you think about all the things that we do to escape that daily life, like go on trips to onsen, the hot pools, and, and mm. even just to get away for a little bit and come back and refresh in the greenery and come back. You can see why that's really a big part of Japanese culture, and we get into that as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I did a hotel stay last yeah. week. Just being in a hotel in the center of Tokyo when it wasn't me uh, having to make my own bed. I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had coffee on hand. I had bath salts, a beautiful bathrobe, things like that, that just make that little bit of yasashi, Mm. friendliness, kindness, gentleness to yourself as well is really wonderful. And I I really enjoyed doing that. Um, And that was also a time when I, I heard a little story about our jandals getting together and I just mm. love how our community here is growing Jane with this podcast and the people who are meeting each other and they're building on the strengths of others who've spoken on the podcast like literally yeah. you've got a jandal reaching out to another jandal <laughs> and they are now helping with the network they have uh, that one particular jandal had that the other didn't know about and wow bang collaboration has started so something I maybe didn't envisage for the podcast. I'm not sure where you were, but that we've got jandals getting together with jandals to make beautiful business and relationships together. Mm. It's just phenomenal. We might even have like a jandals wedding (gasps) or a jandal baby in the future. (laughs) Who knows? Wow. Jandal wedding or baby. Yeah. 
Gosh. Thanks to our podcast. Yeah. Well, if they're going to have a baby, then they should definitely be using the products that are <laughs> supplied by, good lead there, Jane, the products supplied by the company who is on our podcast today, EcoStore. We've been mm. waiting for EcoStore to come along and we really thank NZ Story Group for the ma marvellous introduction. And we're so pleased to have Hamish and Alice on the show today. Hamish is EcoStore's export manager and Alice Ueno Lynch is not only the Japan assistant, she's a bridge builder between East and West. These two who are both working together in New Zealand for EcoStore and working very closely with Japan. And we we love this story, Jane, don't we? Mm, great. Loads of amazing anecdotes of what they've done, things, wild things that have happened and how they've overcome challenges to become one of the leading refill retailers in Japan or the leading refill re retailers in Japan. That is an amazing achievement. Well done. Yay. So yeah. So let's hear it from Hamish and Alice. Kia ora, Hamish and Alice. Welcome to Jandals in Japan. Great to have you on the show today. Thank Kia you. Kia ora. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Welcome. So we're going to start with a warm-up question today. You have just arrived in Japan. What is the first thing on your to-do list, Alice? Um, I would probably be at the airport. And I think Narita Airport has like a mini stop convenience store. Yeah. And they sell very good sort of like pasta dishes that you can microwave. Mm -hmm. um, last time I went, they had like a creamy mushroom one. I very clearly remember. <laughs> I pulled it at night and I took it back to the hotel. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll be popping into mini stop for um, some food and beverages. And then I'll be... Awesome probably off to, to off to some kind of airport hotel that's usually my my you're all about the food <laughs> yeah food food and drinks <laughs> awesome how about you hamish what would be at the top of your to-do list when you hit the ground i love that alice did the convenience store invariably when i arrive in japan it's uh, summer it's hot it's so humid and uh, i love the 7-eleven you go in there and there's just everything available it's like its own little world um it's got its fax machine uh, but above all, it has its ice-cold coffee and those beautiful yes. Japanese high-quality aluminium cans. So that'll cool me down. <laughs> wow. Ice coffee. Catherine, if you got to New Zealand, oh, what was the top of your list? When you hit the ground in New Zealand, what would you well, do first? I, I always go to Christchurch, but I go through Auckland, and I love that walk from Auckland Airport, you know, following the green arrow over to domestic. Mm. And there's the silver caravan outside Auckland International that sells coffees and it's retro it's sort of like pastry together kind of caravan mm, and I go the there mm. I go there and I get my flat white and I just go right I'm having it mm, I'm getting and I'll usually take a selfie it. there yeah. and that's what I do first is this flat white as soon as I'm off the plane <laughs> go <laughs> Well, I usually choose to fly into Christchurch, get my flat white, and walk outside and try to find a view of the mountains from Christchurch. So there you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Oh, my goodness. We are so happy to have you guys on the show today from EcoStore. Hamish, you're doing all the stuff that's exporting, right? You're the export manager. And Alice, right. you're, you're helping as the Japan assistant. And we're just so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you very much for saying yes. Pleasure. It's great to be here. We've been, uh, yeah, big followers of your 
podcast. I've been delving into it over the last couple of weeks and uh, yeah, really enjoyed the insights that you're giving into Kiwis, Jandals in Japan, people Good. doing business there. It's wonderful. Who have, you, who have you liked listening to? I really enjoyed uh, Mayu Suzuki's story. That was an absolutely beautiful one. I really enjoyed that it was a tearjerker for, uh, for you guys at yeah. the end of that show. Most recently, I've just listened to Jason uh, from Cookie Time. So Go we'll on. be putting your uh, bios in the show notes, but tell us a little bit about yourselves, Hamish and Alice. Either can go first, no order required here, just you know about your background and how you came to be with EcoStore. I've been with EcoStore for about six years now. Um, I joined the company in 2016 in the role of uh, export manager. And I look after a range of uh, different countries, predominantly in Asia. Um, we export to around a dozen, 15 countries around the world. Japan is a really significant market for us. We've got a beautiful business up there, but and I manage that uh, out of New Zealand. We have a team of around 10 people in Tokyo, um, but I also handle a number of other different countries uh, from Taiwan, Korea, uh, right through East and Southeast Asia as well, and a little bit of business in Europe. How about you, Alice? I joined the company in 2018 and I uh, only do a couple of days there a week, but I support Hamish in his role as particularly in Japan. So I'm a Japan export assistant. And originally I came as, I came in as sort of an interpreting role, but over the years I've, you know, it's evolved and transformed and I've expanded to become more of a cultural bridge beyond just kind of, you know, business strategies and all that stuff. A much more well-rounded role and i am i'm really really enjoying myself at ecostore i think um it has a lot to offer the world from this tiny little country so i'm really enjoying my journey and yeah thank you so much for having both of us today so would you like to tell us a little bit about how ecostore ended up in in japan how did that happen absolutely that's been quite a journey for our ecostore getting to japan um we'd long known that there was an interesting market for EcoStore there. There'd been a lot of inquiries that had come in from consumers um, through the you know, early tens and teens. And we'd done a bit of research. We'd engaged with universities, with MBA uh, programs. Um, some of them had been on tours up to Japan at the University of Auckland. And we knew that there was a, a strong market, a great opportunity for us there. And we'd had a few different fits and starts uh, trying to find different partners. and. It was quite challenging for us uh, to cut through all of the different layers and find the right partner. And this went on over a number of years. This is a really fascinating story uh, to me. This was before I arrived at the company, but a great story for always taking that cold call or taking the opportunity as it comes in and often might slide to the bottom of one's inbox. And we were approached by a woman from Nelson, who was a Japanese uh, housewife, mother of three children. Uh, living in New Zealand, and uh, she approached EcoStore and said that she wanted to introduce us to some friends and connections of hers. She was a passionate user of uh, our laundry products, our household products, the baby products, etc., and uh, introduced us to who are now our joint venture partners in Japan. And the rest is history. So that no was wow, eight years ago. Mm, wow. That's right. I just got that's right. Bumps. Me too. Oh, oh my, my god, that is amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool story. And look, Yuri, Yuri Hendrickson is her name. We um, owe her a great deal. Um, she's become a great friend of the business, a great friend of ours personally, and has been you know, a really integral part of uh, the formation of EcoStore in Japan. So it's a really cool story. So yeah, take that cold call, respond mm -hmm. to that email. You never know what's going to happen and what relationship can come out of it. 
That's so exciting. I just got a cold call today. So I'm going to work on that inspiration from you and go back and reply to that person. Thank you for that. That's amazing that some relationship and longstanding and you find your partner from something like that. Never underestimate. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's right. So we'd done homework beforehand and we knew that there was interest. Uh, The Japanese really loved our product. We felt that there was um, a strong connection between the values of of EcoStore our aesthetic as a brand, uh, the simplicity, our offering of sustainability. There's always, there's always opportunities in Japan for for the new, for the for the different, for the quirky, for the foreign. And this gave us that bedrock. But then when we had the introduction to and uh, the partnership with um, who became our, our joint venture partners, yeah, it really took off from there. So it was a, a wonderful phone call, a wonderful introduction. That's brilliant. Shout out to Yuri. Yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> I want to give Yuri a quick shout out as well because, um, you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have my role either. And when I met her, she basically kind of handed the torch to me and said, you know, I want you to take on the future of EcoStore as as being a person that connects New Zealand and Japan. So um, I really owe everything to Yuri as well. So if you're listening, thank you. Wow. I want to meet Yuri. Yeah, we need to meet Yuri. <laughs> Wow! What Sounds like your next day. podcast guest. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful story. I mean, we've we've had this uh, great relationship with Yuri, with our partners in Japan, and then now with Alice working for us. And I suppose it does highlight one of the the things that is is really useful to talk to for anybody that's uh, exporting or doing business in Japan is just the importance of having those cultural communications. Somebody that can help you within your business to understand what's going on in market that can understand the language, but more pertinently the culture. The role that Alice does for us at the moment is a lot around interpreting, but even more so around understanding all the nuance of what is being said by what is not being said. So it's super important. That's why we have Alice here today and Yuri uh, beforehand, mm. um, that we have a real, a deeper understanding of, of what's going on. Alice, I'd love to know if you can tell us about an example of when you were like watching people talking past each other and going, oh my God, the New Zealanders think this and the Japanese people think this. Has that happened to you? You, you can see that. I feel like it's it's always happening. So we right. you know we I, we try to we try to keep our communications um consistent with Japan um just so we're always on the same page and we you know we're working as one brand as opposed to you know one that's separate in New Zealand and Japan. But yeah, there are always sort of cultural differences that come to play that. One of the simplest things would be just, you know, Kiwi slang that, you know, Hamish uses is very, very hard to interpret sometimes. <laughs> I remember when um, Hamish was just, you know, saying, we're not trying to reinvent, reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I was going, I have no idea how to say that in Japanese because you can't straight translate that because then it doesn't mean anything. But also, mm-hmm. you know, what's a Japanese proverb yeah. that can mean the yeah. same thing? So I try to do my best to sit between those two, but sometimes um, there are certain words or certain ideas in Japan that can't be you know, directly reflected into New Zealand um, and vice versa. So often you, you kind of have to go, oh, you know, they've, they've just said some slang and it's supposed to be funny. Please laugh. And then I'll go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Brilliant. It's supposed to be funny. Please laugh. <laughs> So it's uh, we, we try to keep it um, light in that way as well. Um, you can't force kind of different cultures on each other. You have to be very, very understanding of each other. And if you can't completely, you know, come to an understanding, you just have to, 
you know, communicate those differences and then just go, okay, I think it's time to move on and, you know, keep it lighthearted and keep it nice. Yeah. Very good. I'm, yeah, I'm, my brain is going to be searching for the Japanese term for where we don't need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> what no yeah, Catherine, any ideas? Yeah, we don't let, need to I reinvent can't think the on the spot. And I know there'll be a few people going, oh, come on, I know that. But yeah. <laughs> let's figure it out. I would love to find that out. And if anyone is listening and they know, give us a shout out. We yeah, it'll be know. something really random like, when someone says i'm so busy i need the cat's i need the cat's hand or i need to borrow the cat's hand or something like that that's the japanese yeah. translation of, mm, um, i'm yes, so busy right yeah. it'll be something really yeah, random i'm so busy yeah. i need the, ha the hand the of the cat hand. to help me the yeah yeah very good i'll pick that one up the sleeve then yes yeah, see if it see <laughs> if it lands one up my sleeve <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hard, I give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Please talk without using lots of these kinds of idiomatic expressions. Yeah, that's a it's a good one. Yeah, to remember. Absolutely, I tend to do that a lot. So, poor Alice does have to cut through yeah, quite a bit of Kiwi idiom, a lot of slang, mm. a lot spoken too quickly. She's filling in some gaps. <laughs> one, another one that strikes me is um, we were just talking about it the other day, weren't we, Alice? It was we'd recently developed a. A new product that we thought would be really good for Japan and uh, we launched it here in New Zealand and we put on the front label an image that came out of Japan and it was an origami crane and we'd shared it with a Japanese team and they were really uh, taken aback that we'd do this for them and make something that we thought would work in Japan and we actually got it completely wrong we got the context of it uh, yeah, totally incorrect and launched it here in New Zealand and other places and still haven't in Japan and it was one of those those moments of sort of cultural misinterpretation, uh, wow. the power of an image in the wrong direction. Mm. And it talks also to the, to I guess the unspoken in Japan. They're not so keen to tell you that you've made a poor call or that wouldn't work for them. Mm. They don't want to go out of their way to, Make to you give bad. you the bad yeah. news like that. That's right. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting insight that we we probably should have been a lot more direct as to whether something would or wouldn't work for them needing a yes, no answer. And it was uh, an opportunity that we actually missed to read between the lines, wasn't it, Alice? If I can expand on that example, you know, it was a white origami crane. And I guess in New Zealand, you know, we, we looked at it and when, you know, it's very, the white, you know, symbolizes a type of purity or a simplicity. And origami is very known for being quite delicate. That's associated, you know, in New Zealand, but when you give it to Japan, they kind of went, oh, white cranes are sort of associated with something a little bit sadder than that. You know, it's not as much of a positive or inspirational symbol. Um, maybe yeah. colorful ones are, but that's not so yeah. much. Yeah. And so I think we like it in New Zealand because I guess it, it kind of works the way EcoStore works in Japan. You know, EcoStore is kind of international and it's foreign. So that's why it works in Japan. But then when you try to localize it too much, I think the familiarity just sort of off puts them a little bit. They want something that is completely non-Japanese. And for us, having something Japanese on it is international from a New Zealand perspective. Obviously, there was a lot that got lost in translation and you just have to adapt to those needs that, you know, we all want and require wow what a fantastic example of how something might work in new zealand and it doesn't work in japan right oh my goodness and you think it's going to maybe work. we can offer prize to any of the listeners that can pick the product and identify it i don't, I don't think we've actually <laughs> named it here have we we've only no, mentioned no, we uh, that's right Ooh. okay 
I'm so, going okay, to go Google. Okay, <laughs> buy the product. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my goodness. What a fantastic example. Thank you for sharing that. That's brilliant. It's priceless. Yeah. Priceless, priceless, honestly. Mm. Yeah, to hear that. So tell us a little bit more about this amazing journey to come into Japan, where you're at now, a bit more about, about the partner that you connected with. We'd love to hear some more about that. Sure. So it's a little bit of an unusual relationship and that uh, they're not a conventional uh, distribution partner as uh, many uh, brands exporting into other countries would have. Interestingly, our partner in Japan is uh, they're a fashion house. They're amazing retailers. They own a range of beautiful Japanese uh, female-focused fashion brands. And they also have uh, a wonderful retail presence in uh, natural cosmetics, uh, organic food and snacks. They own the Beeple and Cosme Kitchen chains in Japan. They have really, really good insights into that consumer in Japan. They've uh, been a big part of building that category over the last five, 10 years in Japan. And so that part of their business was a really natural fit for EcoStore. So a lot of our early consumers were customers of those channels there. The name of the company is uh, Mash Holdings. And uh, we struck up a relationship with them. Uh, MASH distributed our products uh, for several years. And over that time, we worked on uh, forming a joint venture in Japan. And we signed that in 2017, which was uh, a great occasion for EcoStore. It was the first that we had established in an offshore market. And uh, that business has been going for six. We're in our seventh year at the moment in Japan. So it's come a long way. As business in Japan is, It's a, it can be a slow start. There's a lot to to establish, um, but we were absolutely blown away by the attention to, to retail detail that our friends at MASH applied to the Japanese consumer. And one of the first things that they did, relatively unbeknownst to us, was they set up a retail store, a flagship store in Ibisu Station in, in Tokyo. Oh, okay. yep. And that's still going strong today. It became a real focal point for EcoStore in Japan. And they did such a beautiful job of establishing that based on on what they'd seen from our own flagship store in Freeman's Bay in Auckland. And they took that and upgraded and updated it and Japanified it and made it just absolutely beautifully on point for the retail experience for a Japanese consumer, a Japanese housewife. It's a really, really lovely experience today. You go there and it has, it's like being in a beautiful home with the laundry and the kitchen and the bathroom and the running water and the taps and the dishwasher under the sink and so on. And uh, the attention to detail of the staff there, uh, they're just fantastic. Everything is beautiful service and uh, wonderful presentation. And there's a lot that we've learned from how they do things and something that we'd love to roll out further uh, across the region going forward. So our master's really retail experience. It is a beautiful, beautiful store. And I, when I go past, You've been there. Yeah, wonderful. When I go past, I'm like, I feel very serene. That's the yes. word coming to me. And I, I stand there and I think, I want to do washing. I want to do the dishes. You know, I, I feel, <laughs> wow. and I don't like doing dishes, but I feel like I want to do them when I'm in that area, in that environment. Mm. And it's a really crazy thing to happen in the middle of Ebisu mm. Station where people are walking past, going and doing their thing. It's a sort of serenity little venue. And I love it. I love it. Really Absolutely. Do. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. It's incredible that you can do that with household tasks, isn't it? It's it's something that as New Zealanders, we think of doing the laundry, doing the dishes uh, as a bit of a chore. But it's it's wonderful that they have created that that feeling or that sensation of it in the store. But I think it also speaks to the 
importance of some of those things in Japanese household life. It's been an incredible thing for us as a business just to learn how how central things like doing the laundry are to the Japanese household, how frequently consumers there will wash their clothing, how they will almost always soften their clothing, how children will go to bed in a fresh pair of pajamas every night, how the uniforms are freshly laundered every day. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. The amount of time that that must take, it's, it's so different to our experience in New Zealand here of doing these chores. Uh, but the store does bring that part of Japanese culture to light to some extent. Amazing observation. Very, very true. I, the mountain of laundry I have in my <laughs> in front of my washing machine <laughs> testifies to that. But yes, you're right. I think the average Japanese family washes a lot more things more often and they're actually often made of quick drying materials so you can hang them up overnight and they're dry in the morning and kids go to school with their fresh uniform on in the morning, etc. Yeah. And also, if you spend any time in Japan watching TV, you will see a lot of time and effort put into teaching people how to do their housework to a standard you would not believe. I don't think there's any TV shows in New Zealand teaching you how to hang up your laundry or no. how to clean your, your drains more effectively to A++ level, like get top of the class for your housekeeping. Yeah, but yeah. I watch those programs, Jane. They're yeah. so interesting. And Japan has lots of tips and tricks how to make everything cleaner and more sparkly and make it easier. I love and fold them. it properly so yeah. that you know, blah blah. Yeah. Oh my god. Get Three a degree in deg degree in the housekeeping. They even had one right. the other day where how do you keep uh, wrinkles out of t-shirts? And they brought the t-shirt that was wet out of the washing machine, shook it but then folded it and let it sit. And apparently if you put three or four t-shirts on top of each other, that weight, while it's still wet, can take away the creases. And then she reopened them wow. up again and they were like, oh, the creases have gone. It was <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Wow, this is game changing. We're even learning here. Yeah, right. Magic. Yeah, housekeeping is a, a real, it's a full-time job in Japan. <laughs> for many people take it to the next level which wow. also explains why you know a typical japanese housewife will wear their apron all day they'll go to the supermarket wearing their apron right jane wow. they'll answer mm. the door to the taku being the delivery they're at work and they've got their uniform work, on the whole thing that's the uniform <laughs> so yeah that makes a lot of sense look one of the things that that abisu store set up for us was our our first refill station in japan and that's been something that has really taken off in Japan uh, over the last, well, over our whole time um, in the market. And it's been a wonderful opportunity for Japanese consumers to experience something that we've done in New Zealand for a long time, offering consumers the ability to bring their bottles bottles back, refill them there and uh, save on the packaging. And uh, over time, this has come to be known as you know, quite a key feature of our brand in Japan. It's really grown over the last uh, four years, particularly. Um, we now have over 60 refill points around Japan through really? much of the really? yeah through much of the Cosme Kitchen and Beeple network, but increasingly mm. through other stores, zero waste stores, some department stores around Japan. It's it's great to see that the Japanese consumer, in a small way, is uh, yeah picking up this uh, this tradition that's been a part of how we retail to some degree in New Zealand. And over the last couple of years, it's really taking off. So yeah, we're really excited to see that. And one of the things that we loved was that they would go upstairs to to Is buy the empty bottle. Oh, Muji. 
Mooji. Ah, Mooji. That's right. Mooji. Mm. That's right. Mm. They, they sell a lot of nice Mooji. bottles there. Mm. These beautiful little bottles that they would purchase up there. The Japanese consumer was not prepared to make the the full full purchase at our shop. They wanted to buy a little one and then come downstairs, refill it, take it home, decide whether they liked it or not, and then come back the next day and purchase the full size. So, yeah, great little insight to the, I guess, the attention that they would uh, pay to the considered purchases that they're making. Try before you buy. That's right. One of our colleagues in Japan, I, was saying that um, because the refill stations are growing in Japan, you know, we we also have a couple of them in the Natural Lawson's, oh, um, right. which is, uh, you know, a convenience store. Yeah. And she was telling us that EcoStore is getting a bit of a reputation, a good, a, re- a positive reputation of being sort of that oh, EcoStore, the, the, the brand that does all the refills, because I think it's becoming more exposed and people, uh, you know, uh, are com- running into them now. So she, she was saying that some other companies are trying to get on the refill bandwagon, which is something that we always want to encourage because it's all about you know, plastic reduction, but she said that um, EcoStore is truly, you know, marking or leading the way in Japan, and um, wow. that's really, really exciting. So it's an exciting space to watch, I think. Yeah, I haven't noticed any other brands refilling their stuff. I no, I refill water. I know at Muji they have a water station and they sell water containers, and you can actually go in with any water container. So I've I refill water there, and there's an app you can you know, calculate and show how much plastic you've saved by the water you've refilled. So I do that at Muji, but I don't know outside of water. I haven't seen refill stations for any other products, aside from you guys. You're saying that you are leading in Japan amongst all brands, that EcoStore is the one doing the refill station ahead of other brands. Let's claim it. It sounds about right. I'm lingering on that. That's brilliant. We'd be delighted to see this roll out further. It's uh, it's a big part of um, you know who we are and uh, our offering to consumer. That's innovation and how you purchase and consume products. And you know, packaging such a big thing in Japan, for better or for worse. And we've got these beautiful bottles that have been made out of sugar plastic and recycled plastic. And there's nothing better than the one that you already own. Reuse it, take it back and uh, fill it up again. So it's really exciting to see this being picked up in Japan. Mm. Do you think that in Japan, maybe the one of the hard things to take up is how do we do it? How do we do what you guys are doing? We don't know how to. Maybe there's a chance there to help with consulting or ins- instruction or education for other brands and how they can do this and, and build the world of refill stations in Japan. Could that be a possibility? Oh, it sure could. Yeah, collaboration, <laughs> partnerships with the goals, right? SDG yes. 17 others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Japan always Absolutely. used to have a strong refill culture in the olden days, you know, like you would take your container to the tofu shop and pick up your tofu and take your beer empties back and get your fresh beers and all of that. So, yeah, I'm, surely we can come back to a little bit more of that in the future here in Japan. Absolutely. So, Look, I think it's one of the things that, you know, as a New Zealander, when you when you go to Japan, you're often quite shocked at the amount of packaging and mm. plastic particularly everywhere. And there's a lot to it. There's so much convenience built into that packaging, so much hygiene, et cetera. And these are things that are so top of mind for Japanese consumers. But as a Kiwi, you do feel a little averse to it. And so the opportunity to bring that to Japan and uh, encourage refill um, is something that yeah, we're really excited about. And it's great to see people picking it up. 
So tell us about your initial entry to Japan, some of the challenges that you've had. One of the the big things that we encountered was the incredible attention to detail that one needs to pay to product quality and the execution of the market. Japanese standards really are another cut above what one would expect in the New Zealand market here. Very different consumer, very different expectations. And we really did need to make a number of changes to how we produce our products and the consistency and uh, the rework of products as it went into the market in Japan. And so this became a, a big thing for both ourselves, manufacturing in New Zealand and for our team in market, just to make sure that we were hitting 100% quality as things were going onto the shelf there. I often seem to think that New Zealand is actually quite a hard place to export out of, uh, given this relative consumer expectation. You know, the difference between a pack and save uh, in Kilburnie versus say, a department store in Japan and the consumer that's shopping there and their expectations of product is is just worlds apart. And when you're trying to put the same product on shelf, uh, that can introduce quite a challenge, quite a difficulty into a manufacturing business. And just given that higher level of expectation in Japan, it does make New Zealand a difficult place to export out of. So that's been something we've learned a huge amount uh, on the journey. And, you know, we're talking about really simple things here consistency of label application and um, adhering to a specification and communicating changes and so on. These are the real nuts and bolts of producing products, but having to do it at such a high standard and such a consistent Japanese standard uh, has been a great learning curve for our business. And we're very fortunate that we've re- we've really started to a- achieve some of those standards and it sets us up as a, as a manufacturer to, to do business better in other parts of the world as well. So that's been a great learning for us. And I would suggest to anybody getting into the market that, uh, yeah, you really understand that as you go in, uh, understand that challenge and uh, yeah, embrace it as a business. It can be hard, but it has really positive upsides for you. Another aspect to the attention to detail concept of Japan is the importance of uh, you know the cold hard facts about your brand, uh, about performance, about claims about awards that you've won, um, being Ichiban, is, it's just so important. Even if it might not feel relevant to you in New Zealand or elsewhere, it's super important to a consumer in Japan, you know, that you might have the number one selling bar soap or a shampoo bar or you know, a bottle of dish liquid uh, in, a, in the country or to, to be seen as the leading sustainable brand by consumers. You know, this has real value to consumers in Japan and it's something that your team will shout out at point of sale and online. It's, mm. uh, it's really valuable. I was told once of a, of a story from somebody who released a product in Japan and they were, they were struggling to get traction in the market and uh, they went and listed it in America on Rakuten USA, which is basically or was at the time a non-event in America. Nobody was buying products there, but it became the number one product in that category in the USA. <laughs> and then they brought that back to Japan and they had uh, number one Ichiban product uh, in the USA on Rakuten and a great big sticker on their product in Japan. And it, it really helped them take yes. off to see some success with it. So, you know, never underestimate the um, the importance of being able to show that you are successful. Um, mm. You've won awards, that you are Ichiban somewhere in something. I don't know if the Mondo selection go. does that have... There we go. That's another the great Mondo example. Selection? Does that still exist? I think it 
surely it does like it's well I, I can't say i've noticed it as much but it used to be like oh this is the mondo selection product i'll buy that that awards for food it's really been something that um you know that we've we've had to work hard at is to find those little pockets um for our japanese consumers uh, to have your products tested to have a performance claim something that can be talked about that can just show efficacy or results um in the japanese market and it's it's generally well above and beyond what we would think would be relevant in, in our little corner of the world here. But it's a, a remarkable insight into that Japanese consumer, just the importance of being able to, to shout that out in Japan to clamber above the crowd. Yeah, and it is amazing, those numer the numerical approach that you're talking about and hard data. And your team in Japan, is that who's helping you with this, find this information and help you to know that that's what you're meant to be doing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have a wonderful team there of um, yeah, sales and marketing and all sorts uh, of different functions in, in our Tokyo office. But it's often some of the little uh, questions and nuggets that come out of our marketing team, um, particularly the product team. And they're asking whether we can validate X or Y claim that they would like to make. And like sometimes they're just so off the wall. But when you dig into uh, what's come underneath it, it really does give you an insight into that Japanese consumer culture and what's important to them. And we do our best to accommodate it. And we've got a wonderful R&D team in New Zealand who are used to accommodating these requests and, uh, and getting to the bottom of them. But what they really appreciate, and it's something that we've built up this beautiful uh, mutual respect over the years between our R&D team in New Zealand and our team in Japan, is just this attention to detail that our, our team want things to be so thorough in Japan. They, they aren't prepared to cut a corner or make a, a false claim. And it works really well with a lot of those values that sit within our business. And uh, we've, we've got a great working relationship between um, these parts of our New Zealand business and the Japanese one. So that's wonderful. Yeah, shout out to the team in Japan. Absolutely, yes. I, I Sasako Momo, um, is our CEO, Mukubayashi-san, Hiro. He's been with us uh, since day dot. And uh, yeah, we look forward to welcoming him and uh, our shareholder, uh, Kondo-san down to New Zealand very shortly for uh, our first meeting face-to-face -face, uh, oh. as a business in New Zealand since COVID, which is, uh, yeah, really exciting. Nice. Absolutely. And there's, yeah, there's, there's a range of other people that have, um, that have worked with us over the years that do work with us and shared functions with uh, our, our JV partner, Mash Beauty Lab particularly, and uh, a wonderful range of uh, sales team that are uh, out on the road yeah, hitting all the retail accounts around Japan. So yeah, there's a, a really hardworking group of people up in the EcoStore Japan office that we're super proud of. And all of the success that we've had up there has absolutely been thanks to them. And then you would have got round to a, even more depth into localizing your brand here. How did you go about doing that? We've been exporting you know, made in New Zealand products with uh, New Zealand labeling on them. Um, around the world for some time. And uh, in Japan, as with other markets, we have a lot of additional work being done on those products to make them compliant from a regulatory perspective, uh, translating ingredients, uh, the same kind of thing that happens in, in any international product going into most markets overseas. But we got to a point where, you know, that worked for us for a while, uh, but it was not having uh, Japanese brand information, um, selling points, et cetera, on the back of pack uh, was holding us back. And we decided to to launch a range of products that would enable us to better compete uh, on shelf and retailers in Japan. So smaller format product, a uh, group of products that we called our A-Team. 
those that were going to give us the step change to to list in a much wider range of uh, retail accounts in Japan. And we went through this, yeah, quite lengthy process of developing back of pack messaging, brand information, all localized in Japanese. And it was a really big project, involved a lot of time uh, from our side and from our, our Japanese team in Tokyo's, but hugely rewarding project and that, you know, the benefits that we hope to achieve from it, you know, product listings and uh, sell through on shelf really materialized. So we have a wonderful range now of dish liquids, laundry liquids, fabric softeners, delicate squash, uh, oral care products. Uh, they're all sold in Japanese uh, mm -hmm. on Japanese retail shelves. So that was yeah a really successful project and, and one that um, it took us, I think, four or five years to get to, uh, but it did unlock a lot of success with consumers when we did get there. The one point where it was the aha moment for the business was when we documented what was going on in market with a tube of toothpaste. So in order for that to be compliant for the consumer to, um, to have confidence in it, an English language tube was opened and or unit carton was opened and the tube was taken out and a Japanese sticker was put on the back of that tube. The tube was put back into the carton. It was glued down. It was taped. And then a Japanese sticker was put on the outside. And just the cost and the time uh, that went into making that happen to sit on the shelf and then not to be a particularly attractive product after all of that uh, rework had happened to it was just the moment where we said, look, this just has to change. And uh, yeah, that led to a real step change in consumers' ability to understand the brand, to engage with our products, to understand the benefits of it. And yeah, fantastically now, some of those oral care products are our, our top selling units in Japan. Wow. So. Yeah, Fantastic. really exciting. Phenomenal. Project. Mm. Oh, I cannot wait to check out these oral care products and see what you've done to, well, yeah. I can imagine it, but yeah, look exactly what it is that you guys but have done to make it. But it's not just slapping on a label. Mm. And That's we, right. It's just, mm. there's so much more in this and it's it's a long game. You've really just played this long game and look where it's got you now and to such a successful. And you seem so happy. I feel like... Your market in Japan is a happy place to be. Alice, is it joyful for you? And, you know, what do you love about working with Japan? Yeah, well, I echo a lot of what Hamish just said. I think um, EcoStore has a lot to offer in the sense that um, I think if we are filling a gap in the Japanese market, in Japan, there's always so much going on in, in consumer culture. There's always the new and there's always the futuristic and you know eco store you know being an international brand that's really really appealing and alluring for a lot of people who want sort of international products you've got your people who you know go to costco every week and they want to find these international brands and um you know we're not quite in costco yet in japan but um you know we're still in the same sort of field where we're an international brand coming in um so the fact that it's kind of foreign international you know luxurious premium that's always going to please one crowd but um, I guess one interesting um, sort of research for me was, you know, if that can cater to a crowd, to, to one sort of crowd, you know, how do we reach the people who aren't as interested in, um, you know, international brands? How do we reach a crowd who completely trust made in Japan products? Because if there's one thing about Japanese products is that they're very, very good and they're very trusted by the people 
in Japan, one of the things that I tackled once I started working for EcoStore was, I guess, our brand slogan. So our slogan is safer for you or the long one is safer for you, your family and the world. And um, that's very, very, you know, direct, simple if you're just reading it in English. But on many occasions, I found it really hard to translate the word safer because I guess safer from like a definitive perspective, um, you could you could use the word unsing or unzing, but they're all quite rigid and hard and very orderly. And we wanted to offer something a bit more wholesome um, and something that, that's, that's a little bit less like security and more like family friendly as of image. And so, you know, we spoke with our Japanese team and said, hey, can we find a way to, we want to keep safer for you because that's part of the English logo. That's part of our, our picture. But how can we better communicate the essence of safer for you to people who can't understand what safer for you means? And so we sat down with the Japanese team um, and over a couple of weeks, over a couple of months, um, we came up with uh, a slogan that goes Maru goto yasashi mainichi, for a more wholesome or for a more fulfilling every day. And what I found really beautiful about that is that, you know, it doesn't just speak to the products that we make, but it, it kind of inspires a lifestyle. It's not so much about buy our stuff you know it's it's not it's safer for you works in the context of new zealand because we're all about being natural and safe and offering you know a really really lovely place to live but in japan you want to be able to give that extra oomph because japan already is safe there's so much trust in there so what can we what difference can we make in that in that area so when japan came up with um you know the marugoto yasashi you know marugoto means wholesome and means holy and I, I found that really, really beautiful. Um, and yasashi can also mean safe, it can mean gentle. It, it is a very much used word in Japanese commercials, but I guess it's used because it, it carries meaning and that's the impact as it has. But so yeah, safer for you, translating safer for you was, was very much how do we sell or how do we inspire an essence or a lifestyle? How does the ecosystem belong in one person's life? You know, because we're not just about product, we're about making a better world. But using the slogan was definitely one entry into creating a, a fuller meaning. And um, what our Japanese team did, which we don't have in New Zealand, is that they created category slogans as well. So your home care, your personal care, and your baby care, and your ultra sensitive, so all the different um, you know products that we have, they created kind of mini slogans and taglines mm -hmm. as well, um, to so they could actually communicate what every category means. And that's right. to save, you know, because people aren't going to read the stickers or they're not going to have time to read everything that's on pack. But if we're able to give that little glimpse of what what we want to fulfill or what we want to achieve in this person's life or in the consumer's life, Japan really brought that to life for us. And wow. we, we so we have that on packaging as well. That's Can you give us an example of, of one? Like, for example, the baby example. care or whatever. Mm. When they actually deliver them, the team deliver them, it, it really struck us just, how poetic and how beautiful they were they'd done all of this work and you know we've been involved in the process but it was initially around discussing the challenges and talking about this colder harder scientific uh, idea of safer safety as it translated into into japanese and when they presented it to us it was it was really striking and it was all done in-house by the team there with input from our side in new zealand but it was quite remarkable how beautiful it was and we were so happy with it it's such an art to do this in another language and to translate these these concepts 
and yeah, it's something that we we would really love to be able to take to other cultures and other markets. Um, we've just got this beautiful example of how well it's been done in Japan. For our um, home care, so that includes you know our laundry and and our kitchen ranges and our cleaning. Um, we went with Fudan Yogoreva Shizen de Arao. So let's use the power of nature to clean or to purify every day. <laughs> okay, you've got so, me. Keep yeah. going. Very yeah. poetic. Yeah. Uh, but but it really does carry the essence because yeah. you know what yeah. we eco is about you know harmonizing with nature and it's a what can we find in a natural world that can be part of our you know at home lives and they just found a way to japan yeah our team in japan found a way to beautifully um capture that essence um mm -hmm. if we go for our baby care kaori to hagukumu yasashii kyoku so mm. it means gentle memories raised in fragrance so I think fragrance is a very, very big thing in Japan. And I think yeah. this obviously highlights it. Our baby range is um, lavender. It's very, very soft. I guess they want to associate raising a newborn with a really positive or a very soothing fragrance. I don't think fragrance um, is is a much of a big deal in New Zealand, at least not as much as it is in Japan. So one of my favorite ones is for our ultra sensitive, um, which is marugoto furi no so a comfort that is completely free so i think the free is mm, a bit of a pun because yeah. you know it's it's ultra sensitive because you know it's fragrance free it's um free of free of any other harsher chemicals so to say that you know but it's also the free of being you know completely free you're 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 feeling you have no worries in the world yeah which people who that, are ultra sensitive don't have that's great yeah, so it's yeah. again yeah very very inspiring and our last one is for our um personal care um which is so mm -hmm. take waters outside the great outdoors and put it into a little bottle and here it is for your skin here it is for you mm. and so it's it's very grand it's very visual these quotes mm -hmm. but i think um you know we don't have any of these in new zealand we just have to say for you and obviously that does enough in new zealand to get the to get the point through but in japan yeah, yeah. um they came up with these wow know, like, just rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns and all these beautiful mm. beautiful slogans yeah, waterfalls and products. majestic mountains and yes, yeah, it's, yes. A, it's all that isn't it yeah it just it it creates it paints a picture in your mind you feel of, it of they're beautiful it. well done <laughs> japan and eco store how amazing mm. That's brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. I want to go and get some. Yeah, because well, I need some eco store yeah, I'm going to go in my life. Eco store near me. I know it's a, <laughs> it's definitely the Ebisu store, but that is just beautiful. And it just shows you how much value and you can have with your team in Japan, especially selecting them in a really lovely way, a yasashi, kind and gentle way, so that they are exhibiting all of those beautiful qualities with everything they do mm. i think that yasashi is so important in japan japan is a country where life can be hard like really busy full-on you know you work really hard in japan so people are looking for yasashi and that's why we see all the the, the softness and characters and things that we see people looking for that so yeah. your team nailed it with the the yasashi in there and the marugoto yasashi because it's they yes, sure does. Right. yeah, yeah you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of gentle and safe but it also can mean easy right not kantan mm. kind of 
yeah, it's really simple. But it's a yasashi kind of way of saying, oh, it's it's gentle on the way that I can help myself do it mm. quite easily. It's got that meaning as well. Yasashi is one of the most wonderful words you could ever it's, it's use. A, it's a very versatile word, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Love yeah. It. Nailed it. Right. So we must uh, <laughs> give a hat tip there to Ryoko, mustn't we? Uh, former marketing yes. colleague yeah, who's now in the United States. But this was she was the architect of this project and it was a big one and she absolutely nailed it. So there you absolutely. go, Ryoko. Yeah, no, good. Big, big shout out to her. It was, um, I, I'm glad that we were able to, you know, finally we had something that could, you know, bring safer for you to life. Because I felt like for a good amount of time, I was always trying to think of a translation for Safer For You. But every time the translation was different because I just couldn't find what the truth or what the essence of it meant. And so when we threw this product to Japan and they gave us not just one option, but all, you know, six slogans, you know, that really captures the and embodies, you know, all of what EcoStore represents. Now we can use this to appeal to a greater market in Japan and talk to people who are maybe more hesitant to buy international products. But hey, you know, we've got the messaging there so we can finally communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit more then about what is this value of being made in New Zealand as opposed to Japan? Sure. So being made in New Zealand does offer a great deal of value to a, a large group of consumers in Japan, but it is, it's different to the rest of Asia where there is a lot of value about being made elsewhere, being made in a place like New Zealand, which has uh, a lot of trust and integrity, perhaps through food, through infant formula at a particular time. Being made in Japan has its own value of trust and security and safety. So being made in New Zealand is important, but it's not the be all and, and end all. Um, we label our products in the front of pack as uh, made in New Zealand. Uh, we use things like the Fermark icon, especially on our e-commerce. Uh, we do bring that to life. Um, but some of the more difficult things to do are to, to bring that emotive uh, set of values uh, to life to a Japanese consumer. What does being made in New Zealand really, really offer them? And one of the things that I believe it was the New Zealand story did uh, NZT throughout COVID. It was part of the COVID response of New Zealand uh, was the made with care campaign. And uh, that was something that uh, was a, a Rakuten uh, e-commerce platform um, initiative and uh, brought together a, a big group of New Zealand exporters into Japan and, and internationally as well. And really dug into the values of, uh, of what being uh, made in New Zealand offered to consumers and you know, it was a really natural fit for EcoStore. Talked about, you know, the about provenance, about place, about being made with care and integrity, and putting people in behind it. And all of those values were really central to uh, to EcoStore, to our brand values. So it was a wonderful campaign, and it went on for best part of eighteen months, I believe, and was really successful not just for EcoStore but for a number of other brands, where consumers in Japan could experience. Uh, quite a wide range of products that were made in New Zealand that shared these values all on one single platform. So that was a, a wonderful campaign and it, it took that idea of being made in New Zealand to another level, made in New Zealand, but with, with love and care mm. and uh, yeah, provenance. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that, yeah, in Japan, you're competing against made in Japan, which is highly, highly trusted. Yeah. That's made right. Made in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. what, what does that mean? Yeah. What value does it have? That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's always the novelty factor that Alice has spoken to earlier for a, for a significant group of consumers that are looking for that foreign, they're looking for that offshore, 
but the challenge is to communicate to a much larger group of consumers uh, who might not be looking for made in New Zealand for their fabric softener or their toothpaste or their baby products, but because to them being made in Japan is the, the highest order uh, virtue of provenance. So you have to go further. So for you, Alice, how did you find that whole experience of the Made With Care campaign and how it affected the people that you were connecting with in Japan? I think Japan is so much about care. I think more recently, looking at in like a bigger picture kind of way, Japan is very, very known for things like omotenashi, particularly looking after people, I think. Um, as opposed to people and planet, I think Japan definitely prioritizes people, but you know, and they're very, very good at that. Care from kind of two different cultural standpoints, you know, I was trying to look at what does care mean in New Zealand and what does care mean in Japan. And um, I guess within the EcoStore brand, we talk a lot about sustainability. Mm. And in New Zealand, when you talk about care, I think ideas like, uh, you know, maybe manakitanga and kaitiakitanga come to mind that, you know, it's about caring for people and caring for the planet, caring for land and ocean and sky. Um, whereas um, when I see care in Japan, because, you know, I don't mean it negatively because I think it's wonderful that Japan is so people-centric and they care for people. But, you know, I walked into a convenience store, um, which I'll leave unnamed, and I remember seeing individual bananas wrapped in plastic bags. And I was thinking, well, it doesn't banana skin serve that purpose? You know, like, it doesn't isn't the banana skin supposed to protect the banana? And this is added layer. So... I think care comes from a very, very humble place in Japan, but I think it's a different brand or a different idea or cares. It's almost like a different color in Japan. You know, in, in New Zealand, care is about being green. It's all encapsulating, whereas I think Japan is very much about harmony, but it's all, it's to me, it feels like it's always people first. Yes. Definitely. And I think Amen. what EcoStore can offer is an opportunity for people to care, not just about people, my favorite thing about, you know, care and eco store is that, you know, just by maybe using one of our laundry products that is has all natural ingredients in it that ha that's been made from recycled plastic and, you know, sugar plastic, you're not just caring for the person, your child or your daughter or your family that's right in front of you, but you're actually down the line caring for something that isn't going to go into landfill, that's going to have another life cycle. And it's this broader sort of ripple effect. You know, that to me, that's what Made With Care taught me. And I think that's so much of what, you know, looking at all the different types of products that were in, you know, with the Made With Care campaign and other New Zealand sort of central campaigns is that we don't just put the quality there for the people to enjoy, but it's the quality that it's, that, you know, benefits the producers and everything that supports it. Awesome. It's interesting you mentioned the banana and the plastic, right? <laughs> I went to um, Gilm Super where they sell New Zealand grass-fed butter. Yay! But it's in a plastic bag. Like it's, you know, how you buy butter in that, um, this wrap, right? Oh, and oil. you just pick it up and it's just wrapped. But in Japan, it's been put into a plastic bag and sealed for the food safety aspect, right? So nobody, no person in Japan wants to buy butter that's just wrapped in a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yuck, <laughs> which we do every day in New Zealand. You know, we don't even think about it. We've found our eco store bottles in different countries uh, wrapped in plastic, and it's uh, it's such a oh, it's a difficult thing to see. It really is. 
So what、uh, future trends are you seeing in Japan? I think one of the biggest things I'm seeing at the moment is, is SDGs. All those colored little boxes that you know, the UN created,、um, those, are, <laughs> those are on posters, they're on pin badges. You don't see much of that in New Zealand because I think、um, sustainability is not really a trend in New Zealand. It's just, it's just automatically integrated into our life. But I think for Japan, It's wonderful to see that SDGs is finally kind of becoming a buzzword because it means that there's a lot more attention to it. But also,、um, we don't want SDGs to just be a trend. You know, saving the planet can't just be hot for one month because,、yeah. you know, what's、yeah. going to happen afterwards? It, it, can't be,、yeah. it needs to be something that's ongoing and ongoing for future generations. SDGs is a wonderful way. To kind of bring focus to certain areas, especially from, you know, Japan's very kind of orderly. They have a lot of, you know, categories. And I think Japan's quite known for being, you know, homogenous and being quite black and white with their system, whether it's sort of business or education, everything's quite formal. If we were to get grab the attention of certain SDGs, Japanese people, I think, will listen. I think Japan is a very, very trendy place in the way that. A lot of people will come into one trend and then next week there'll be a new trend and the following week there's a new trend, <laughs> which I think is really, really fun. You know, that keeps it really, really exciting. But there are, there are certain matters in the world that can't just finish with trends. And I think、um, looking after the planet is, you know, one of them. So, as someone that kind of sits between two cultures, I really hope that we're able to kind of keep. Saving the planet as a trend interesting enough so people don't get bored of it, but we also want to, we also want to take the time to actually educate or inform、um, not just consumers, but you know, everyone、um, who comes across us that sustainability really, really matters. And whether SDGs you know, goes out of fashion, we want people to you know, keep, keep their badges on if that encourages them. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of schools in Japan are starting to study the SDGs, and that's really、yeah. wonderful because obviously、yeah. um, these students are going to be the future of the world. So I think we're heading in the right direction. EcoStore will always be here. We're here to help to、um, help you make that change in the world because we, we tick at least nine of those SDGs. Um, oh, great.、So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> When we counted them, we、Walk、had about nine of them.、Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really, really awesome. So,、um, hopefully, that keeps us relevant. Wonderful to see such interest in the SDGs, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's、mm. a framework. It provides a really good lens through which to look at sustainability. And it seems like a very Japanese thing to do, like Alice has mentioned, to look at it in such a structured way. We're having a lot of contact from various school groups that want us to speak to them in Japan, here in New Zealand, back to Japan, business groups that are coming here. We just hosted another one last week and have another one coming up shortly. And they all want to come to New Zealand and learn about sustainability. They want to engage with businesses that are known to be doing good things in, in this field. So that's really, that's really heartening. You've got young children,、uh, their teachers, and you've got Japanese businessmen in blue, blue suits and white shirts. So it's,、uh, <laughs> we've got the whole spread, and they're all wanting to hear these stories and engage with sustainability out of New Zealand. So、uh, if that's not trending, if it's happening on Instagram and it's、uh, happening in front of audiences,、uh, it's a wonderful thing. So we think that's, that's something that New Zealand businesses going into Japan or looking to go in can really、uh, engage with. You know, SDGs, how you present your, your sustainability story to a Japanese audience. All righty. Anything else that we need to add in here? We do.、Um, the team up there. We do? Very, yes, we do. The team, <laughs> the team in Japan have very kindly pulled together 
for the Jandals in Japan uh, listeners, uh, an e-commerce discount code. I think that yes. we, need, we need to get product <laughs> in everybody's hands, especially the Kiwi yes. Mafia or Jandal Mafia. Yes, there's a bit of those people around the town. Yep, definitely. What have you got for us? Tell us what's special. What are you giving us as Jandal listeners? Well, we have a wee website called ecostore.jp, www.ecostore.jp. And uh, on the site, we have a um, an e-commerce store there. And if you use the code ecojandal, one word, <laughs> if you Hang on, that's your that thinking, Hamish. That's not the Japan team. Come on, hundred percent, hundred percent. Eco Jandal, got it. Eco Jandal, <laughs> brilliant. Eco Jandal, there will be a tasty treat waiting for you. Oh, lovely! Oh. Thank you so much. Thanks. Our Jandals in, who are actually in Japan will love to take advantage of that and. Yeah, hopefully share that with other Japanese consumers as well. That would be brilliant. Yeah, more people Absolutely. using EcoStore products. Absolutely. I no, there's chance to use EcoStore oh, great. products. Yeah. I think there's, there's free shipping as well if uh, you get over a level of, I think it's around mm. 3,000 yen, so it's pretty oh, reasonable easy. to have it delivered to the door. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. My face is is hurting from the amount of smiling i've been doing during this episode it's been absolutely wonderful congratulations to both of you hamish and alice on being completely successful jandals in japan and for telling us this amazing echo store story journey uh today we've absolutely loved it and welcome again to your joy for the future in this land of the rising sun thank you very much it's been an honor to be on the show what a fantastic interview with Hamish and Alice representing EcoStore today. Absolutely. What was your favorite thing from oh, the so takeaway from that? There. I, I really, from Alice, I really loved her idea of not forcing culture upon each other. Mm. So New Zealand not forcing onto Japan or Japan not telling New Zealand what to do. Being sort of okay with both and, and understanding I mean, that came through so big on the branding and getting the labeling and explaining all of that. I loved mm. that mm. intricate discussion we had yeah. about how they did that for each product, right? That mm. kind of thing, getting the culture right for Japan, for the New Zealand products. Yeah. What works in New Zealand doesn't necessarily work in Japan. Some fantastic examples with the crane on the box and the white wow. crane being a bit of a flop and wow. and realizing that that wasn't the way to go but also realizing that they wouldn't necessarily get the this is not a good idea answer from their team in japan and that yeah what a what a tricky situation wow. that they navigated there wow that's so amazing interesting and to it, hear that yeah yeah and that mm. that reference to having the local team so well set up and so mm. well bonded together the team that are working at eco store and also the partner they're working with and how that came about magically with that introduction mm. through from New Zealand, that just blew me away uh, as an amazing thing that we could underrate, right? We, we often get yeah. so many inquiries from people. You and I get them daily. Yep. Help me with this. Tell me about this. And you just don't know where that magic could be hiding within one mm. of those emails that come mm. through. That was just phenomenal. Yeah. What an, an amazing thing to come out of an email. Yeah. And then the other thing was, I guess, I loved, I had hashtag retail detail on my notes. Mm. It was like, you know, they talked a lot about the 
importance of detail in mm, Japan, mm, mm. especially, and also the hard yards that it takes. Right, you four or five years to build the story and get there with the you know getting the details correct uh, and right, and having done the hard work now is a little bit easier, and they can actually enjoy this process too even more. So I thought that was really important as well. Mm, retail details. I think like EcoStore is. Better as a company for having come to Japan, don't you think? From their experience like of, it, it yeah. seems like that the company has mm. improved. You know, mm. probably across everything as a company for having entered the Japanese market. So what an amazing result wow. to have come from that. I feel. Yeah. Who would have thought that in those early days when it was feeling perhaps a little hard? How do we do this? We've got to get、mm. things right. There's so much detail. Do we really need it? And then working through all of that to become, you know, a flagship. Uh, yeah, the refill. To be dealing with the refill yeah. thing.、Oh, wow. Yeah, the number one、yeah. refill retailer、Woo! in Japan, pretty much, right? You heard it here first. <laughs> so exciting! And oh gosh, thank you so much to the team. It's been fantastic speaking. There's so many other gems there. I hope people are, have got their books and and writing down things. I mean, the value that they can get out of Japan, and also just making sure that you're not. You know, the values are different, right? And that was brought out again by the sustainability aspects, SDGs. It's different. It's embedded in New Zealand, and it's a different concept in Japan.、Mm. Uh, there was so much in that, and I love that they gave us a a, a coupon code. Yay, Yay、yeah. for the online store! Go and check. Well, I'm going、out. to go and use it, aren't you? Oh, I am. Yay! Yeah, well, I want the tasty treat. You can wander down the street, well, to Ibisu, but you know, kind a of, bit、yes. further away、yes. up here. So this is fantastic, and yeah, wool wash will be ordered. That is for sure. Yeah, all of yeah, that all great of stuff they have here.、Mm. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Eco Store. Thank you, Eco Store. All righty. Well, see you again on the next episode coming soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 Listening. Make sure you check out our guests' links in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you today by Catherine O'Connell Law and Pod Launch with Jane. If you have a great story you think should be on the show, come and find us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Mata ne.